Welcome in to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Franklin, Frankie, whoa, 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 whoa. Sally. It's been a big, uh, big talking point around Kings Media recently is uh, the name, the pronunciation, the spelling of one Franklin Cardicelli. Uh, Carcaselli? Carcaselli, um, Carticelli. Um, That's the right way to say it, by the way. What you said, really? Like in official, Italy? official in Italy, it's Carticelli. Carticelli. Yeah, in, in Italy, yeah. Interesting. But if you ask more, if you ask our new uh, coworker Morgan Reagan, uh, that was Car- butchered. Carcaselli. Yeah, that was tough. But it's okay. I can't. I, That's right, I was telling you, I, I wish it was Deuce that messed it up, so I could just be like. Dude, what the hell, man? But it's Morgan who's so nice and is so supportive. I I have to kind of like just let it slide. I can't go with Morgan. Mo Rogan. Yeah. Mo Rogan, Mo Rogan would be – yeah, we're, we're going on with them tomorrow, uh, Friday. Check it out. Tomorrow, Friday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Chris and I will be on with Deuce and Mo, and I might have to bring up yep. uh, the last name situation. But yep. Chris, how are you doing personally? You know, I'm doing all right, Frank. Like we're like you mentioned, we're recording on uh, on Thursday right now, the day after the Kings. Um, I think I can confidently say that that was the uh, most deflating or least fun game of the year that they played against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, lowest scoring output of the season, 95 points. Uh, coming off, I think the thing that really hurts, uh, or not, I shouldn't say hurts because I'm, I'm not in pain, but, uh, the reason why the loss feels so much worse, I guess, is because, uh, it's coming off of immediately after the Grizzlies game on Monday, where arguably the Kings played their best defensive quarter of the, of, or, you know, I'll say defensive quarter of the season and uh, really one of the more fun games of the year against Memphis uh, on Monday. I don't, do you feel the same way about that? That is just kind mm-hmm. of like such a low after an immediate high and not to, we're also going to talk about Monty's extension as well being dropped on Tuesday. Um, just kind of like a huge letdown after all such good feelings. I mean, looking at it, the Memphis game was arguably the best offensive performance of the year. They shoot 55% from three. They hit 22 threes, 12 in the first quarter, 55 from the field overall, 133 points. They won by 33 points. That's their biggest uh, margin of victory of the year. One game later, their worst offensive performance of the year. Very Jekyll and Hyde, like literally 95 points. They shoot 47% in the field, which isn't bad, you know, 40 from three. It just was the way that they were getting those buckets and the way that they were uh, forcing the ball in the paint. They had 19 turnovers. The Kings have turned the ball over 43 times over the past two games. It's just um, it it's not something I want to sit here and I think we're we're seeing a lot of overreaction and that's the word I'm going to use is overreaction on Twitter about maybe the Kings aren't as real as everyone thinks they are and and the Kings were seventh in ESPN and now look they they kings it up after you know getting some respect in the national media. Look, I'm not going to let one game swing me how I feel about this team. They played against a tough Toronto defense and Toronto's lineup is very unique. I think there's only a couple of lineups in the NBA that are like. The Toronto Raptors, the Kings had, did have a tough time with the Orlando Magic earlier this season. They struggle with teams that have a lot of length. I think the outside of Fred Van Vliet, everyone else in the Raptors starting lineup was, what, 6'7 or longer, I think? I mean, Gary Trent Jr., I think, also. So, yeah. but you had three guys that are 6'9", or, or, or you have Pascal Siakam, you have Scotty Barnes. Uh, Chris Boucher had a big night last night. The Kings got killed in the paint. They've been beating the paint all season long. I think I, I was saying before we started recording that it's not something that jumps out and surprises me the kings have been getting killed in the paint all year long they got killed in the paint against memphis who didn't have Stephen adams they still won they get beat in the paint last night but turn the ball over more and toronto takes advantage so it's not a good feeling i was saying to you also that the kings really need to do a better job of protecting home court if you look at the standings right now and the kings are still the third seed in the west by games plural they have a two-game lead over new orleans out of those first four teams, the Nuggets are 22 and four at home. The Grizzlies are 20 and three at home. The Pelicans are 17 and eight at fourth. The Mavericks are 17 and nine. Kings are 16 and 11. Is that a horrible home record? No, but the Kings, where they are right now, I'm going to credit to it to the, the way they've been on the road. If the Kings are the way they are on the road over the past five, six years, 
they're bottom of the West or near the bottom of the play-in hunt for sure. So that's my biggest takeaway from yesterday. And even the past four-game homestand, they split the, t- the four-game homestand. They need to do a better job protecting home court. And I don't know if you feel the same way or not, but I mean, are you personally more concerned with the one game against Toronto? I mean, obviously the whole season has shown that they need to do a better job of protecting the paint and they need length. We know that, but are you more concerned with that aspect of, of last night's game? Or do you just think that they need to do a better job of protecting home court period? Because now they're gone for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I've always like, I mean, home court is clearly something that is a real thing. You know, having home court advantage, you, you mentioned all the other, you know, Memphis is 20 and three at home. Denver's 22 and four at home. Golden state for a long, a lot of this season, even though they were like, like terrible on the road, like four and still are road 18 six they still have a a really good home record um so i think there is something very real about home court advantage i think it's just like i've never fully understood what you know it's the momentum for sure and it's it's creating you don't have to create your own energy like you do on the road you know hopefully the crowd can can kind of get you picked up but um you know it's kind of one of those things i'm definitely concerned about it for sure like being especially in the playoffs home when you have your home games those need like those are the games you have to win you can't drop games at home and then expect to pick them up on the road especially in the playoffs like that's that's just so incredibly hard to do uh and you throw on top of the fact that this team is super inexperienced that's not a formula for success so you know in in the grand scheme of things you're absolutely right like i i have seen the overreactions on social media specifically um, just people feeling like after going on the six game win streak for them to lose to Philadelphia without their two stars uh, for, for them to, you know, it, that, that Memphis game. Yes. You mentioned it was the the biggest margin of victory for the Kings of, of the season, but for three quarters, that was an incredibly close game uh, without John Morant, without Steven Adams, two people who gave us fits when we played them in Memphis uh, and then to to have the loss yesterday, it makes sense for people to kind of maybe be readjusting how they're feeling about the team coming off of such an emotional high of the six game win streak. But I think we do need to remember that those six games were, um, you know, I think those opponents ended up being b- better than what I would have guessed at the beginning of the season. But those were nonetheless all um, pretty, for the most part, under 500 teams. And then for the Kings to play three straight, or I'm sorry, uh, Tor- Toronto isn't above 500, but Toronto is an incredibly talented uh, team that could finish in the playoffs and turn this thing around the second half of the season. So, uh, you know, for, for the Kings to go from inferior opponents to some of the better teams in the league, uh, and struggle. It makes sense to me, but I think you're right. Like home court advantage is is absolutely something that this team needs to learn how to control. And uh, if they want to find success later in the season, they're going to have to uh, to to protect home court. Um, but you know, I, I with that said, I, I do think I I understand why people are maybe um, I don't want to say hesitant to believe again, but. Just, you know, I think it's it's a healthy amount. Of, it's a healthy reminder that this Kings team is not going to be like the Phoenix Suns teams of last year where they are 64 and 15 or whatever it is. You know, like we are not uh, an elite team right now. And no. yes, we are the number three seed in the Western Conference. But a lot of that is because there's so many teams fighting around 500, just trying to figure themselves out. And if I had to guess by the end of the year, if the Kings... You know, if the Kings continue to play at a, what is it, a 550 win percentage or something like that around there, they're going to probably finish in like the sixth seed. Um, so, you know, it, it's uh, it's all fine, Andy. Uh, I understand why people are freaking out, but um, there there are, I, I would say, to answer your, your question, I would say that I'm more concerned about the uh, the home record than, than the recent record. Yeah, and... I'm not going to sit here and say the Kings are for sure finishing third or fourth. I think to me, I think at the media table last night, we were talking about a lot. I think I, we were talking about a lot. We were talking about a lot yesterday. We were talking about a lot. A lot that probably cannot be repeated. Uh, and something can. And one thing that can is I said that I, I felt truly that the Kings are a top six team in the West. And you see you got teams like Phoenix who are probably going to make a run. 
the Warriors who pulled out a win last night against the Grizzlies. They are waiting in the wings. After that, I don't really know. I mean, you have Minnesota could could maybe string something together if Cat comes back. The Kings see them twice this weekend. Mm-hmm. You have Oklahoma City who is playing some good basketball. The Blazers have won a couple games in a row. The Lakers just got AD back, and uh, they have Rui Hachimura. They may, maybe they do something else. But to me, the Kings, we know what they are. They have the best offense in the NBA. That's not me being a homer. The numbers are there. They have num- number one offensive rating, number one in points per game. That is the number one offense in the league. The defense is not good. We have seen the, t- the defense get completely picked apart night after night. And last night's game against a Raptors team that is not good offensively. They are a bad offensive team. It just adds to the discussion. They need to make upgrades defensively. They need to bring more length in. Uh, you see what the team, what the teams that come in every night with have length and, and they have depth how they can go right at the Kings' backup centers. I mean, Rashawn Holmes and Chemezi Metu, they bring some punch on the mm-hmm. offensive side, but they still are not there defensively. And we're getting, oh, what, we have a week, like a week and a half to go, I think, Dude, to the I deadline? Can, I cannot believe this. I literally could not believe this. Our boss, Joe, uh, mentioned this to me the other day, and I was like, that's not right, is it? And then I, you know what, you know what it was, Frank, is I forgot that, uh, since our our good pal Demarcus Cousins uh, got traded on All Star Night, I forgot that they they moved it to the week prior. They moved the trade deadline um, back, or would it be up or back? I I, uh, I think up. they moved it. They moved it uh, before back. They moved it or, before. Well, well, but would that move, be considered back? move it <laughs> exactly? Is that See, the same welcome thing? welcome to my world. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Point is, they yes, like you said, they moved it before the All Star game. Uh, so now it. Yeah, it's oh, before the All Star. I can oh, confidently say it is before the All Star game. I don't know if that would be considered moving it up or moving it down. I what does it mean? Be, I, I would. Know. I, I would say you moved it up closer. Right, moved it up closer. Moved it back further. So moved it up. They moved it up. Okay, they moved the deadline Boom. up. Up to I believe it's February eighth or ninth. Correct. I'm it's February February ninth. It's February ninth. It is officially two weeks from today. Uh, so that, you know, th- those talking points and, and the, the hot stove is, is going to get real hot coming here soon. And I, c- I cannot believe that we are that close to the trade deadline real quick. I had, I was talking to our boss as well, and I did not notice that Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox graced the cover of a slam. Oh yes. They I did. just saw that. Yeah. First of all, uh, fire cover. And I saw your tweet too, Chris, do you want to share thoughts on the slam cover? Yeah, I don't understand. Somebody commented, I, I hate I hate social media. Um yeah, I just don't understand and I'm I feel like now I need to clarify that I am not upset about this. This is a fantastic cover. I think the cover looks great. The beam is in it. Domas Fox are in it. Great. Uh but they they put we up. De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis. Not like it's just there's some things that are so obvious that it's like I guess maybe you don't do it because it's too obvious, but like beam me up or something about the beam. You have the beam in the picture. Obviously this team is known for the beam. How do you not have anything about the beam in the title? I think that would make it like completely iconic. Can people see that? Oh, Uh, there you go. Yeah. Right there. It says we up. Uh, for those looking on uh, the YouTube feed, by the way, we should plug this. Uh, this this uh, podcast is available on Sacktown Sports Eleven Forty YouTube page as well. If you want to see our beautiful, uh, I know. While we... Please excuse me for being in the dungeon oh, right. of yeah. Sacktown Sports Eleven Forty. I'm in uh, our old boss Nick Cattle's office, and it is very very dark. And this is, I mean, it's yeah, the lights are on, so. Sorry about that. I am not in a. Uh, I'm not underground. I am above ground. <laughs> but bunkers. no, I just saw that. I didn't. I. I think yesterday yeah. there was a little bit of teasing going on with Slam, and they were kind of hinting at it. And uh, yeah. at shoot around yesterday, I did hear from someone that works for the team uh, that said they said I plead the fifth because we were talking about it at the media. But we were waiting to go into practice, and we were just saying how cool it'd be if they recreated that cover with C Web and J Will mm-hmm. and. And uh, someone was like, I plead the fifth. I'm like, okay, well, it's funny how that changes. We also were talking about this too. Isn't it funny how no comment now 
is so much of more of a comment than just saying something else. Like if someone is going to say no comment, yeah. that itself is a story. Like that's well, not do like, you know? Uh, I could. I'm very ignorant to this, but do you? In my opinion, where that started was with uh, I can't remember which one specifically, but it was in the steroid era in baseball. Like they would be asked, "Hey, are you on the juice, or do you know who took the juice?" And I, think it was Mark McGuire or Jose Canseco, said no comment, which is like, again, like okay. that's kind of like, uh, what does that okay. mean? Okay, yeah. <laughs> or you like... could just really say, "No, I'm not on it," where it's like saying no comment is kind of like. I'm surprised okay. Canseco wasn't like, "Hell yeah." Like, check <laughs> it this might out. Have, definitely might have not been Canseco because Canseco was incredibly open, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he was kind of saying, yeah, I'm on roids. What's up? What are you going to do about it? Like, cool. Come mm. stop me. You can't, which they, no one probably could stop that, man. He's a monster. He's the, right. he still t- tweets. He tweeted at Aaron Judge oh, the other day. I saw oh my God. <laughs> like, come on. See if you get his softball further than me. And he's like, just this jacked old yeah. man now hitting softballs like 800 feet. Speaking uh, of jacked old men, Mike Bibby. Oh my God. Mike Bibby in the house. And he oh, said he. Sh- didn't even see. First of all, large man. I think you were saying was he either was joking he was going to break the cowbell when he was ringing it at center court. <laughs> no, I did hear somebody say that though. I think that might have been Matt. I think he was going to break uh, the cowbell. I love Mike. Mike is uh, definitely top three favorite kings of all time. Mike Bibby's a scary looking dude, and mm. I'm not talking about his muscles. <laughs> I yeah. just kind of looks like he's from a nightmare a little bit. Jeez, man. God. He just, he, I mean, he just used to be like, he did small. not obviously used to be so swole, but like he used to just be a normal looking guy. And now he looks like a meathead. Well, I mean, he definitely Which probably he took something. <laughs> something and something. that yeah. makes you, it kind of warps your appearance a little bit. Like Barry, little bit. Barry Bonds also at one point. And I know that some Giants fans listening out there are going to go, he never tested positive. <laughs> okay, well. This man was like literally 178, 180 pounds before uh, he came to the Giants. And his hat size grew like four sizes. Did I ever tell you I wrote a paper about that in high school? Yeah, you did. And my teacher was a diehard Giants fan and just dragged me in front of my whole class and gave me like a D. Because he's like, well, this data you have. So so, so just because a hat size grows, it means you take steroids. So if my, hat, if my head size grows, like that means I'm automatically on steroids. Maybe it's not a change in my diet or like my change in my workout routine. He's like, how many people, how many pitchers took steroids? And I'm like this 15 year old kid, just like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, you, 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 you get a D minus, get out of here. So, yeah. uh, anyways, Mike was that was, was that Brendan Nunez who was your teacher? Dude, <laughs> Brendan and his grading. We'll have to do an end of season uh, report card episode. Right. But he is a tough grader. He he had Monty in what was it, an A or an A minus, and we all gave him. Uh, it was, I believe, he gave him just an A, which was the point of contention. That, um, yeah, he, I, I don't really you know, understand what what his logic was, but I, it, it was just, it was just easy. It's just softball. Just I don't know if he shared. I don't know if he shared this on on KP with you guys on with you when you were talking about it. But Monty actually saw Brendan walking through Doko and talked to him about about it. He's like, yeah, oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Brendan said that uh, he was walking through Doko and Monty. Uh, saw him and it was like, hey, like I, I heard something about some some grade or, or, or some kind of situation. I saw some video and it was the video that I posted. Uh, breaking news: Casey Akpala to the Stockton Kings for interesting time. Interesting. Um, but yeah, Monty saw. Know I I don't know either. I think I think a lot of players. I think can't anybody go to G League? I think you have to only have a certain like you have to be in your first three years of of nba of your nba career or something like that interesting yeah. well anyways um monty mcnair yes said he saw the video which is kind of funny that brendan's harsh grading got yep. back to the man he was grading so yep. shout out brendan professor brendan nunez Speaking uh, of Monty, by the way, yes, yes, Monty was probably had his hands rubbed. He was like, "Oh, okay, you don't think I'm doing well? Well, guess what, boy, I'm here to stay." Okay, okay, how you like that? Uh, Monty McNair got announced on Tuesday and briefly mentioned it earlier. Uh, got a three-year extension, according to Sam Amick of the Athletic. Uh, I think Woj was the first one with the uh, with the extension news. Uh, Sam broke the the years. 
Um, I mean, just initial thoughts, Frank, like Monty McNair gets the extension. It kind of, not even kind of, it came out of nowhere. I mean, we've been, I don't think we've really even talked about it much, but it's just kind of been something that's in the air, uh, in the atmosphere, something that's been hanging over this franchise's head um, for a majority of this year. When was Monty going to get his extension? Would he get an extension? Um, And, uh, you know, here it eventually came. Uh, Yeah, initial thoughts on on Monty's extension. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like that elephant in the room all season long, and to me, it wasn't really a matter of if, it was a matter of when. I think for a lot of people, they kind of viewed it that way. I don't know if you viewed it the same way too, but mm-hmm. um, look, I think that this was something that had to happen, and Sam Amick also was on with Dave and Jason this morning and said that when asked, why did this happen now? Why did this happen today? When you look at the success the Kings have had so far, we're 27 and 20. They won 30 games last year. We have half the season to go. They're on pace to win 45, 46 games. You know, uh, yesterday's price is not today's price right now. So what is it going to be if you're the GM that cures a 17-year curse? And I think the Kings and, and Vivek Ranadive got to a point where they said, you know, maybe they were scarred from the Vadi Divac experience because he was given a four-year extension after taking the Kings to a – 10th place finish in 2019 when they won 39 games and didn't make the playoffs. So I, I think that it, just, it push came to shove in this situation. And there was some like behind, according to Sam, there was some behind the scenes pushing from Monty's agents. And I mean, how couldn't there be? I mean, the Kings are, have been one of the best stories in the NBA this season. They very well could have two all-stars. We'll know tonight if Demonis Sabonis is an all-star starter and Monty McNair came in. He has, and we can kind of go through some of his main main uh, transactions, but he's drafted well. His three drafts are Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, Keegan Murray. He made one of the biggest, like, I don't want to say, can I say ballsy? Can I say ballsy? on? Sure, you already said it. I already said it. One of the ballsiest (laughs) trades in recent NBA history and got dragged for it. People dragged the Kings all through summer. Wouldn't you say through summer the Kings got completely just ridiculed for that trade? I would say until about a month and a half ago. Is just, when the the overall narrative kind of flipped. Like the Kings were not even was, flipped, but just leveled out. Yeah, the Kings were getting literally like put in a headlock and, and giving like noogies. Like, yes. oh, you guys are so cute. Like you yeah. traded Tyrese Halliburton for some bonus. Yeah, I don't think so, cute was the word used, but yes, <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, like, we can't use the, we, we can't, can't use the word there. We can't yeah. use words, but Monty McNair did that. Brought in Kevin Herter. The Atlanta Hawks had to have not a fire sale, but they had too much money on the books. He goes and gets Kevin Herter. He's having a career year. He drafts Keegan Murray, even though I think a larger portion of the fan base, to me, I was seeing more of of people going for Jaden Ivey or Benedict Matherin. And again, both those players have been good, especially Matherin, who could be a rookie of the year. Keegan Murray right now, and I'm not to tease my king of the week, but we're going to talk about his numbers later, is doing something that I – I mean, the man is shooting 43% from three right now, and his numbers of the past five games are incredible. He's coming into his own. I just think what Monty McNair has done with this roster that he was given, he had Buddy Heald in the books for 20-plus million. Um, Marvin Bagley. Trey Lyles is a better basketball player than Marvin Bagley. I think we can kind of agree on that, which is a crazy thing to say. Yeah. But. I would say, yeah, he's, he's more of an NBA fit than Marvin. He deserves it. He deserves to be aligned with Mike Brown. Their contracts are aligned. Actually, Mike Brown, Monty McNair, and De'Aaron Fox's contracts are now lined up, I think, through 2026. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's huge for this franchise. It's huge for the organization. And um, it's it's a big win for Monty. And it's a big win for the Kings and the fan base. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, Monty has uh, kind of since he came in here, I, I had inherent trust in him. He's He's – seems like a really smart guy outside of basketball, just a really confident uh, basketball mind, a dude who, who obviously has put in his time, worked with uh, one of the best uh, analytical organizations in Houston under Daryl Morey. Um, Daryl is, is an incredibly polarizing GM, but I think Monty kind of displays all of the, the best parts of Daryl. It seems like the most analytical parts of Daryl seem to be, uh, the Monty half and like Daryl kind of has his own eccentric side that that I think makes Daryl Daryl. 
Um, but Monty's been incredible. I think, you know, you mentioned the Tyrese Halliburton draft pick that to pick him at 12th is, uh, is a huge accomplishment and almost should, should earn him an extension. You know, if Tyrese is still on that, on this team, I think that earns him an extension by itself. You mentioned this Domas trade, you know, all the criticism that he got for that. He mentioned, I think it was in his Dave and Jason interview uh, that they're not trying to win press conferences. I think that again is just kind of like the speaks to the, the confidence that Monty has not only in himself, but in his entire staff, we saw Wes Wilcox also gets an extension with Monty as well. That's his right hand man. Wes is incredibly prevalent in, in the Sacramento Kings organization. For those who don't know, like I think I see Wes more, you know, front facing than, than I see Monty. Um, You know, Wes is out on the floor every game. Uh, Wes is always walking around the practice facility, always walking around the building in general and not that Monty isn't, but I just think in general, Wes is Wes is an incredibly prevalent figure in, in uh, for this team, and I don't think that should be overlooked either. Uh, Wes is completely a GM worthy candidate um, and somebody that I I would kind of be surprised if Wes doesn't get poached at some point uh, here if he's not given you know like a I, I you know I don't know what their contract situation is, but I I would be surprised if Wes is. Uh, Wes is here for the duration of his his contract, but uh, yeah, just just an incredible move for the Kings. Absolutely deserved. Uh, you kind of said it all, but you know all the moves that he has made to put this team in the situation that they are in right now. This this extension couldn't come soon enough, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see now if this kind of changes Monty at all. Not necessarily in terms of like him, you know whatever feeling even more confident but just does he feel the security of okay maybe i don't think this will happen but do i have the security now to kind of trade a harrison barnes or or keep a harrison barnes even let's just say we'll say keep a harrison barnes whereas you know where if he's feeling insecure about his contract situation still uh you know you might be like hey i don't have any lock here to the future I'll trade Harrison Barnes for a win now piece and Kings be damned. I don't care about the future if they don't care about my future. So now that Monty's kind of locked down, it'll be interesting uh, to see kind of his, his long-term vision for this team, because I think in the short term, the goal was to get this team to a competent playable level. Now they're there. How, what's Monty's plan for, for turning this playoff contender into know possibly a championship contender or a team that can at least be in the mix for the next four or five years here yeah a perennial perennial contender to me i mean you you don't want to just get there and that's been monty's i mean he is very um calculated with his responses in the media he's he's given a lot of similar uh responses a lot of reusing of, of the same phrases and one thing he said a lot he has said a lot is we don't want to just get there we want to stay there as far as the playoffs go and the roster the way it's constructed right now to me is very close to a point where I will say I feel confident the team can compete for a playoff spot, but there are some questions. What are you going to do with Harrison Barnes? He is expiring. He is playing the best basketball of the season right now. And we know who Harrison Barnes is. You know who Harrison Barnes is, Chris. I know that you are Harrison Barnes. Yes. Uh, I think you're muted. Yeah, you're muted. I said, unfortunately, now is not the time to talk about bad Harrison Barnes. Not unfortunately, I shouldn't say that because that really makes me sound like a hater. But Harrison he, has been incredible. Maybe, maybe a King of the Week nominee. He's definitely, you know, we'll maybe. get there. We'll get there. We'll get maybe there. I don't think we can give it to Fox or Sabonis this week, man. We got to get creative. Yeah. So you got to no, think. We can't go Sabonis. We definitely cannot. No, go we can't go Sabonis. <laughs> so strong, yeah. Uh, turnovers, mm-hmm. yeah. No, um, <laughs> the, 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 I think that they have, they have the core, they have the pieces, they have De'Aaron Fox, they have Demonis Sabonis, who to me, I feel like we can agree, it's more likely than not he signs a max extension next summer. He's going to get paid more here than he can get paid anywhere else. I think he's happy here. He has a place in Napa, which is is something that I was I learned. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I don't know if they were correct about that. I feel like he might have been staying at a place in Napa and probably doesn't own a place in that but maybe it wouldn't he really a make a lot of sense maybe he's a wine aficionado maybe. you never know definitely maybe but I, I i feel like he was just airbnb something if i had to guess point is to me i they have the they, they have the pieces <laughs> yeah. they, they have the pieces they have the core pieces but now you have to surround those pieces with 
guys that can can uh, add on to it. Oh, there's Jay. There's Jay Morris playing doing and laughing at me. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, he's laughing his ass off. Uh, it's big for the organization, though. It's big for the Kings. I one thing that also was brought up was can this bolster like the Kings as far as how free agents view the Kings? Like you have mm-hmm. Monty McNair locked in, Mike Brown, De'Aaron Fox. They're on a contract for years. I would imagine Demonis Sabonis if he can get locked in soon uh, in the next year, that'll help too. Is that make does that make the Kings a more enticing destination for free agents? I think so. Do you think so? I mean, if the success if they sustain their success, if they let's say the Kings finish fifth in the West this year, yeah, are they a destination? I mean, what what level of player are we talking about? Are we saying like um, B tier, B tier? Okay, um, like. It's like a third star, you're saying, essentially. Yes. Or like a third star, like a, a, a third piece uh, to this De'Aaron Fox. Would Could they, in theory... Um, sure. I think, I without a doubt, there's a better chance now than there was before. Um, you know, I think... Like Jeremy Grant. Like, if he was yeah. a free agent, he's like a B-tier, C-tier free agent. That's I think be... the bigger question is, like, is is the Sacramento tax now gone? You know, we've always talked about how the Kings would have to pay that extra $3, 4000000 million to kind of convince somebody to come over here. Is that gone? Because I don't think it was ever to a point, even at their wor- maybe at their worst, but um, I, I don't think it has necessarily been at a point in the past few years, at least, where it's been like people are just straight up like, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. Um, I think that, you know, if if the money is right, anyone will go anywhere. But I think that there is a a real possibility that there are vets and, you know, players around the league who could actually specifically look at the Sacramento situation now and possibly be like, I can help that team in some capacity. You know, like, I think I can bring maybe Jay Crowder or something like that is like, you know, that's a bad example. He's, he's washed, but um, somebody like that um, would definitely be more willing to specifically point out the Kings and be like, I want to join that roster. So of course I'm going to kind of sit on the fence and not directly answer your question. But um, I think that there's a better, I think the Kings reputation is, is definitely been rebuilt. And after the fun that they've had this year, I think it'd be tough for somebody to not want to come here. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and get – I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. You know, those who might be listening saying, right. they're already talking about getting BC. We're I mean, signing like, Michael Jordan. I just think they... <laughs> that was all I had. We're yeah. just signing Michael Jordan. What's that Michael Jordan? Michael B. Jordan? Shoot. Um, I would rather take Michael B. Jordan over 50 Cent at this point. I'm not going to lie. I'm, really? That, that, I, not, I have not, not been impressed with our our – celebrity fan it's just like so random to me i don't know how i we got well, here but well who i've seen people call for like getting brie larson to come to a game she's right. from sacramento uh greta gerwig maybe i mean hassan mm-hmm. minaj came to a game earlier this season am i missing anybody i mean those are definitely the main ones dusty's been at quite a few games but i don't think dusty's really like a figure you know like a you know, yeah, Brie Larson or something like that. Um, it's just tough. You know, I think it's just weird that they had to pull somebody who's has no direct ties to Sacramento or the Kings. And like, it's also 50 cent who kind of was like relevant in the early two thousands. And that was 15 years ago. I'm not saying he's not rich and he's not still a very popular figure, but I just think we could have maybe, maybe pulled somebody a little more recent or uh, relevant than 50 cent but it's whatever i digress it really doesn't matter well they'll, 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 they'll look around they'll maybe they'll find someone more I local know. for the playoffs though all those sacramento celebrity i mean I, i'm trying to wonder which celebrities would come to a king's home mm. playoff game probably like eric armstead right uh minage will be sasa minage will be there nikki minage nikki minage maybe not uh, Dylan Carlson from the, the Cardinals will probably be right. here. Logan uh, oh, Logan Webb from the Giants. Logan Webb will be there. Afungo will be there. Afungo will be uh, there. Um, 
Who else have know. we seen? I don't think I don't think Brie Larson's sack proud, man. I think she grew she grew up here and she so was like man. till five or six. I don't think she even cares yeah. about Sacramento. That's interesting. I wish Aaron, I wish Aaron Judge. I wish Aaron Judge like cared more about well, not just the, Yan- I mean, not the Yankee fan of me, but I would hate this. But doesn't Aaron Rodgers allegedly like the Kings? Allegedly, but I think he's more on the Bucks. Like he actually like is. I think he's a part okay. owner of the Bucks. He stopped talking about the Kings when he became a part owner of the Bucks. I'm pretty sure. Mm, okay, I'm pretty sure. But he did tweet about like Vladi and stuff. Cause yeah, he grew up in Chico, <laughs> right? And right, Chico. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know anyone out there Gotta listening. What? What celebrities can come would want to come? Um, I don't have too much more. I just wanted to point out that tonight we will know if Demona Sabonis will be an NBA All-Star starter. There have been some votes. Some some uh, out there in the voting process have come out and declared they voted for Demona Sabonis as a starter. J.J. Redick mm-hmm. voted for Sabonis. Zach Lowe voted for him. Uh, uh, Sam Amick was the other one, voted for him as a starter. And it makes me wonder, because J.J. Redick was anti-Kings for a while. Mm-hmm. Zach Lowe's pretty neutral. And Sam Amick, I don't, I think he's very kind of guarded and close about how his, like the positivity about the Kings. He's very like, I don't know, they might, they're not really quite there yet. They could fall out. He's realistic. I'd say he's a very realistic mm-hmm. Kings, uh, not personality, but it's like different branches of the voting process. Yeah. Voted for Sabonis. So it makes me wonder who else out there that's kind of like neutral would vote for him because as far as who's more deserving, if Anthony Davis were to make it over him, that'd be at this point, I would be pretty upset because yeah. he, I mean, Davis yep. has missed a lot of time. So there's a possibility <clears throat> tonight for him. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think durability is going to be the thing that, that probably gives Sabonis the starter nod. Honestly, I think, uh, you know, if if we can kind of mock it up in our heads, like it's going to be Jokic. He's making the team. Luca's mm-hmm. making the team. LeBron Steph might not. LeBron's making the team. Longevity. There's three. Um, there's three, and then it's kind of like a a Jaw, um, a Steph, uh, or Domas. Uh, I heard I saw Shea got Shea well, three three forwards and two guards. So one guards Luca. The one guards Luca. Two um, of the forwards are LeBron and Jokic. Yep. So it's really so just there's... the other forward spot that Domas is fighting for. I think, which kind of has to be him. It's got to be him, or or it... you can't give it to Laurie Markkinen, who's on a worse team. Who you know, yeah, his his numbers are for sure good, but I think Domas's overall numbers and and. Uh, you know, the the popularity, frankly, people like to say that the national media doesn't talk about the Kings. National media don't say nothing about the Utah Jazz. No. So, you know, we, we get a lot more notoriety than them. Here's a Zach Lowe's. This is Zach Lowe's ballot. His ballot is Luka, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikola Jokic, sure. Damanis Sabonis, LeBron James. Now, yep. the reserve locks, he has two guards. Steph and Ja, those have nothing to do with yeah, with uh, Sabonis. Right. That's going to be pretty much Luca, and then it'll be either Steph or Ja. Mm-hmm. I think it should probably be Ja. He's probably played more than Steph. He's missed right. a lot of time with the shoulder, but he'll make it on the reserves. But if it's Sabonis or Laurie Markkinen, and if you want to go with the Salt Lake City aspect of it, I mean, no, I just don't know. I mean, he can make the team, but... I don't think he deserves to start just because it's in Salt Lake City, which to me, though, that's very scary. It could happen that voters might say, you know, it's in Salt Lake City and marketing has been good for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. But a part of me is thinking that it's very realistic that Sabonis is a starter. The, the question of does he deserve to be a starter and is, is will he are two, you know, two different questions. He absolutely deserves to be a starter, but this is all political. All the voting is yeah. political. How crazy is that lineup, though? I mean, regardless of the other guard that's selected, just a Luka, LeBron, Domas, Jokic lineup is, like, got to be the greatest passing lineup that you could probably assemble, right? It's a bummer because I want to see it in action, but we're not going to. Because they're (laughs) – did you see how they're picking the teams? Yes. Oh, my god! It's going to be like at school. I want you – you. they're literally going to pick it 
right before the game starts. Yeah, which I do like better than doing it like whatever two weeks or whatever a week beforehand yeah. because I hate that broadcast that they would do would just be absolutely terrible. It was funny though. What was the beef? It was uh, it was MB. Uh, they didn't want to take Harden or something. Harden, I think yeah, I think it was KD and or no, was it Giannis and MB? Oh, it was KD. Or? It was it was KD and LeBron, and KD didn't pick Harden. I'm pretty sure because the Nets had just traded him right to right. the Sixers. Right, and then right. there was like That's there was right. like there was like a Westbrook beef, I think, at mm-hmm. some point. I don't, I don't know. It's oh yeah, Westbrook and Durant. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly I think Durant. the public embarrassment. Yeah, it is. It is definitely yeah. mainly centered around KD, but I think it's like the public embarrassment of like, oh yeah, like exactly. Russ didn't get picked or got picked last, and like. James got picked last, and no one wants to be known as that. Not that literally anybody knows. I can't tell you who got picked last in last year's All-Star draft. But, um, yeah, it should be interesting, just them kind of going out. I think they're doing it in the locker room beforehand. Yeah, they're just going to come out and it's going to make a surprise. Yeah, I don't know. I get it. I understand the, uh, you know, they're trying to make it a little more schoolyard vibe. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't love uh, it. Temperature check before we move on. I think we're moving on. Um Temperature check. This is January twenty sixth. We have a week until we know the reserves. Is De'Aaron Fox an All Star? I wouldn't say he's hurt his case. I don't know if he's necessarily helped his case in the past couple weeks. Um, it still kind of feels like the vibe is All Star replacement. Here's either the- last one in or first, last one out or first one in. Here's how I view it. If the voting's still happening, he's not going to make it. If it already happened, he might make it because mm. Damian Lillard is like the name we're hearing alongside him. <laughs> and Dame dropped a sixty piece last night, so if they're he voting. If people are voting this morning and they're sending them out tonight, I don't know if he's going to make that ballot. Uh, recency bias. Know. Recency bias is very real, like with some of this stuff. Yeah. 100%. So, I think injury replacement is a very real possibility. And I would not want to wish an injury on anybody just to give someone an opportunity. Right. I think to me, if the Kings have one all-star, it's a huge step forward. Really, for the franchise, have an all-star, have an all-star mm-hmm. talent, a representative to see that name up there with the Kings logo. You're gonna have Keegan Murray in the Rising Stars or uh, a Rising Stars game. Yep. TBD on Kevin Herter or Keegan in three-point shootout. I think the fact that Keegan is gonna be there, he might have a pretty good chance of actually being in the three-point shootout. <laughs> And I think I was saying he could maybe win that. I mean, his his shot is so – he can do it in different ways. He can hit shots off the curl um, on the move, but his set three-point shot seems like it goes in every time. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a, there's numbers we can find on NBA.com for that. But uh, And then I don't know about Davion Mitchell. I, I, the more the time it goes by, I think that yeah. there's not – I don't know if there's a spot for him at this point for the USA team. Yeah, but, Somebody mentioned that to me the other day, and I really honestly didn't even think about Davion as a potential member of the Team USA team. It's probably going to be like Jalen Green. Uh, who else here? Let me um, pull that up last week, but I can't remember either. But right. I can do it. I can do it again. Twenty twenty two Rising Stars. Yeah, Jalen Green. Um, Cade Cunningham is going to. Cade's Cade, out. He's out. The roster. Cole Anthony, I think he was a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, that's world. Uh, I really can't think of many guards in the past. Scotty. Is Scotty. Scotty. He might be Canadian, but no, 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 no. Scotty is American. Wikipedia. Wikipedia had the. Yeah, sorry. I look at something. Jose Alvarado. Does he count? Is he a sophomore? I think so. I don't remember him before last year, so. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, Franz Wagner will be on World, I think, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte, I don't think he's played much this year. Chris Duarte, right. Maybe, maybe there is a spot maybe. for him. Yeah, hard, I think. Bones Highland, Scotty Barnes. Um, Bones might be in his third year, no? He's a rookie. He was a rookie last year. Really? Yeah, he's only 22. I don't know. Point is, the Kings are out with some representatives. We'll know tonight about if Sabonis will be an all-star. Tonight is Mm -hmm. in Thursday night. Uh, Fox, a week from today, and Sabonis, if Sabonis is not announced tonight, uh, will be hopefully selected, one or both, next week. 
and everything else is going to unfold. But again, Chris and I are planning on going to All-Star Weekend. We think Point that out. we're pretty locked in. I think we're going to be there. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I don't know. Kings have won seven of nine. And I'm not going to overreact yep. and, and see if this guy's falling. Seven-game road trip. How do you feel about seven-game road trip? Not great. I mean, the opponents are about not. I don't want to say as easy as they get, but in terms of seven game road trips, um, it's pretty light uh, in terms of the opponents. They had a brutal road trip earlier in the year. This is not that. Uh, two games against Minnesota, two against Houston, uh, New Orleans, Indiana, San Antonio. You know, you gotta kind of feel like if the Kings lose three games if they go four and three it's kind of like uh, a disappointment not disappointment but you don't feel great about it I think five and two is kind of the benchmark where it's like all right we 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 took care of business there um, and we're feeling good but I think that there's definite potential for them to go six and one five and two for sure um, I expect them to split probably the series with um, with Minnesota and then who knows when you're going against the Pelicans, who the hell knows what team you're going to go uh, face on that. Zion night, will not so. be playing. Zion right, will not be playing. Right, we do know no, that. We do know that. So I think I'm going to kind of piggyback off 5-2. and two. They If they go 5-2, and two, they come home with a 10 games over 500 record, 32-22, and 22, going into a back-to-back against Dallas, which I was telling you, I've had that circled for a while as far as like the biggest crowds of the year. Luca against the Kings at home on a Friday, Saturday back to back is going to be crazy, mm-hmm. uh, especially before the All Star break. Those are the last home games before the All Star break. Um, I need five and two for this team to make me feel comfortable. Anything else, you know, I, I could live with four and three, but anything else, I'm going to be a little not concerned, but mm-hmm. they need to beat Minnesota. They need to take at least one. They need to sweep Houston, and they need to beat Indiana, who's in shambles right now. Indiana, I think they've lost, what, like 9 of 10 or something like that since Tyrese went down? Since Tyrese went out. I think Tyrese is still going to be out for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. I hope he plays. Yeah, No, he's going to miss that game. I need need five. I need five. Mm -hmm. That would also put the Kings at 16 and 11 for the season on the road, which would be an incredible road record. There is only... Two teams right now in the NBA, both in the Eastern Conference that have that good of a road record. Boston 17 and 9 right now, and Brooklyn 16 and 11. Um, so if the Kings could do that, we talked earlier about the Kings protecting home court. If you're that good of a road team, I mean, not saying you don't need to protect home court, but uh that's 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 gonna be a really good way to to have a ton of victories at the end of the year. If that's the Kings like one of their things this year is being a good road team. It's a pretty good thing to have. It's pretty good, pretty good. You know, if you can win on the road, which they've proven they can so far, yeah. not bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I agree with you that I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, I didn't have too much to say about uh, about this week, so I think. No. Uh, I think I'm feeling good about the episode. Do we want to do awards? Give it. A, yeah, it's your turn. I need you to start us uh, mm-hmm. off this week. I'm intrigued to see who you're going to pick. Well, uh, you know, oh. we mentioned. No, I, 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 I know that you're going to give it to Keegan. No, you can take uh, so take him if you want. Take him. I am going to take him. I take will. him. That's all I need. Was I can pay okay to take him. Okay, I have, good. I have, uh, I have reserves. Good, <laughs> good, because Keegan has really uh, just. I, I, I told I think Brendan yesterday. Um, I have seen more from Keegan in the past two weeks in terms of career development. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I feel like I had seen from him all season, not that necessarily he was he was playing poorly by any stretch leading into these past couple games, but um, just the expanding of his game has expanded so much in the past two weeks. I feel like uh, putting the ball on the ground, attacking the rim, finishing at the rim, uh, drawing fouls. Uh, and I've mentioned countless times how his defense has improved, uh, especially on the weak side coming over, jar- drawing charges as well leading the team in blocks um to just i mean keegan has 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 just been so good uh this this week and you know really longer than a week and um it's really started i've officially started to reevaluate how good i think keegan can mm-hmm. be long term i was not anticipating this kind of level of confidence from him i thought he would always kind of be this timid shy guy who was just going to be okay with the role that he had never really felt comfortable in the league and 
this, these past few games, man, he, you can just see, um, yeah, he's got a very serious demeanor, but it's also like, he's just locked in and he's really focused and, uh, intense. Intense is not something I expected. I thought he would be a, a shy, quiet guy, not like an intense laser focused, uh, killer. Like he, mm-hmm. he is like cold blooded. Uh, and that's been really good to see. So, so hopefully I won't have to do a 180 on this, but, uh, Keegan Murray is my king of the week. Keegan Murray over the past five games, 17.6 points, eight rebounds, 62% from the field, 57% from three on almost seven attempts. This man has been going crazy, hitting the boards. Three point shot is, I, I think it's going every time and it kind of is. And like you said, his confidence is getting there. Like he had a drive last night going in traffic with his left hand, kind of a wraparound layup. And it's, it kind of surprises you seeing him move that quickly and be that athletic because you saw it in college. Like I, I, when I watched him in college, just in, envisioned someone completely different, like a killer, like a guy that was just like a bad man, you know, a guy that was going to go out there and just like take over games and be super aggressive because that's what he was in college. And in the NBA, he hasn't really been that. And then when you, you hear his demeanor and hear how he, he speaks and carries himself, he's just kind of a guy that kind of is, you know, waiting off in, in, in the corner and spotting up, but that's not really the case right now. He is taking a huge leap forward. The Kings have needed it. And alongside Harrison Barnes, who maybe may or may not be my King of the week. Uh, they've been a huge part why the Kings have won seven in the past nine games. I mean, the shooting has been so huge for the Kings and um, they get to surround Fox and Sabonis with guys like Murray Barnes and Herter. They're all shooting around 40% from three and, and Keegan right now to me is showing he's one of the best three point shooters in the league. That's why he deserves to be in three point shootout. And now I hope he is. I'm kind of pivoting off of Herter needs to be there to Keegan. Herter could be there too, but if Keegan is going to be there, Throw him, let him go shoot off the rack. He'd love that. He'd be very yeah. excited to shoot three pointers. Very excited yeah, to be always here. Always something I watched growing up, and you know, it's just a cool opportunity to be able to uh, to participate. I think I could. Are win. you going to win, Keegan? Absolutely. Maybe. My king of the week. Your favorite player, Brennan's favorite player, a confirmed, not washed, Harrison Barnes, who has been playing so well. The extend HB conversation has come back. You mentioned the Monty McNair situation. Maybe now that the Monty is locked in, Mike Brown's locked in. Harrison Barnes is a very, very smart man. Uh, definitely probably calculated in what he wants to do for the rest of his career. I think that maybe this improves the chances that he will be here longer. I think the Kings should look into that as well. I mean, you have to make sure you can get better than what you have to make sure that the replacement for Harrison Barnes is better than Harrison Barnes. That's been the biggest topic of conversation since HB rumors started floating a year or two years ago, your replacement needs to be as good or better. And I don't know if there is that out there right now. The Kings can try to go find Jeremy Grant this off season, maybe get someone else of that caliber. I just don't know if it's going to replicate what Harrison Barnes has brought to the locker room. And I just think that he's a huge part of his team. I think that Mike Brown said he's the heart and soul of his team. Well, he's been the heart and soul of the offense for the most part, him and him and Keegan have been carrying the Kings, Harrison Barnes. I'll go back a little further. Even. Since January 9th, Harrison's averaging 21 points per game, 57% from the field, 57 from three. That's nine games. This man has been going, and again, to even kind of bring up a little bit, the last seven games, 22 points per game, 60% from three. It's just, no matter how you want to slice it, no matter how many games span you go back, for most of, through most of January, he has been one of the best scorers. Uh, I mean, he's he was runner-up, I think, for one of the runner-ups for Western Conference Player of the Week, the week that Sabonis won. It just kind of is when all these things are going right for the Kings. You have Sabonis, who was playing well. Fox was playing well for a, a pretty good stretch there. And even last night, even though the turnovers were there, he finished almost the double-double. Um, things are clicking for the Kings right now. And again, Harrison Barnes has been a huge part of that. I'm not going to let one bad game deter me from how good I feel about this team. But Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray both playing together in unison because the biggest problem before was Usually only one is going at a certain time. Mm-hmm. They're both going. And the yeah. biggest problem with the Kings now is the bench. Malik Monk struggling as we have. I don't think we've talked about that at all either. But um, no. not much really to talk about that. HB's been great. No. Malik's not been, not been great. 
Yeah, no, I think HB has been fantastic. I mean, I, I really, you know, you, you, it's been well documented how I feel about Harrison Barnes, and uh, you know, he, I, I will, I always promise I will be the first to admit when I'm wrong. And uh, Harrison has been fantastic. He's been, he has made himself, like you mentioned, uh, just un, unmovable from this team. I think, um, you know, he, he, what he provides, like you mentioned, off the floor as well as on the floor. He's a very steadying presence. He's a pro. He's a dude that the Kings are, uh, someone like him, the Kings are going to need if they're going to make any sort of playoff run. They need someone who's been there before. Now, granted, Harrison didn't play well when he was there before, but he is still somebody who has been through those battles um, and somebody who is at the point of his career where he is going to take these things incredibly seriously. And you would have to imagine, hopefully, that in those games, Harrison Barnes is going to be there when the Kings need him most. So that's, I think, to your point, Harrison Barnes, we've said it countless times, but yeah, if you're going to get rid of Harrison Barnes, you're going to need some other version of somebody who does the things that Harrison Barnes does. Um, And the problem has just been consistency. And really since the turn of the year, he's been incredibly consistent. He's had double figures in every single game uh, of this year. That's something that, that has just been a problem with Harrison routinely throughout his career, where he'll have these 20 point stretches. And then all of a sudden for two or three games, he'll have eight and 10 points. Um, But he's been incredibly efficient, which has been, uh, huge for the Kings this season because, like you mentioned, they just have so many different options of Key and, and Malik and Domas and Fox and all these guys have to get their shots. Harrison's never going to get over 10 to 12 shots in a game. Uh, so the fact that he can remain efficient um, and and really turn his entire season around because it was it was it was the Harrison Barnes mystery at the start of this year trying to figure out what the hell happened to his game. He couldn't make shots. He looked he just didn't look himself. And now he's so hot. He's been so hot for about a month now that his numbers are finally starting to look back to normal. And uh, he's actually kind of putting together an incredibly impressive season, uh, you know, statistically uh, yet again, where he's just right back into his 15 points per game, five rebounds, shooting just under 30 or 40 percent from three. Uh, 48% from the field. This is a guy who, if you would have checked two months ago, those are low 40s from the field, low 30s from three. And uh, yeah, like him shooting above 50% from both the field and three for about a month and a half now. Um, it's It's been kind of crazy to see because it's like the most extreme high and low of Harrison Barnes's career. So um, still kind of on brand for him, but but I'm very, very happy to uh, see him playing so incredibly well right now, and uh, hopefully it doesn't fall off. Yeah, I mean, his December was was bad, 31% from three. I mean, it's, we're talking about a 20% increase in three-point yeah. shooting here, and the confidence is there, and the volume is there. I mean, he, he's not shying away from the opportunities. He's a veteran. Harrison knows how this goes. Uh, mm-hmm. He did hint at maybe growing out a playoff push beard but he said it would only be for home court advantage. So remember he tried doing that a couple of times. It didn't work out, but yeah, his beard is not. Yeah. He, he did try and do that. What? Two years ago. I, I think, think he did. I think he did it last, it last year, too. year. Past two years. He did. I think. Yeah. It has not worked out well either. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. I think he signed a deal with like a, a shaving company though, when he shaved it off. But uh, yeah, I asked him and he said that maybe for home court. So yeah, that's he's got fun. a real scruffy beard. Like his is not. Pa- I don't want to say patchy, but it's just a little. Uh, I don't know. Not the cleanest. I, I can't. Even, <laughs> I can't even grow a beard, so I can't talk. It's not fun. I can't grow a beard. Not fun. Um, anything else? Nope. I think that's uh, that's it for me. As my camera kind of goes out of focus. No, I'm good. Uh, I uh, you know I I think it's been uh, a pretty up and down week in terms of Kings basketball. I think, you know, we met an emotional high and then the emotional low as well. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, it, it, we're really starting to feel like these are the dog days of the NBA season. You know, we're really in the heart of this season in the 40 to 50 game stretch here. Uh, you know, it's kind of natural for, for things to slip a little bit. And, uh, you know, I don't think, like you mentioned earlier, I, I don't think now is the time to start overreacting because the fact is we still have a lot of basketball left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we still have two and a half months of uh, of basketball left, and a lot, a lot 
can still happen from now until the end of the season. Uh, you mentioned the trade deadlines in two weeks. I imagine next week will probably be pretty heavy on uh, rumors and if the Kings should make a minor move, if there's maybe potential for a major move. Uh, it's all pretty quiet right now, but uh, I definitely suspect that that things start ramping up this week. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any final closing thoughts? Um, Kings are good. I'm not going to overreact to one loss. They're a good team. Uh, moving sucks. I've been moving for the past week, not oh, having a fun right, time. Yeah. I'm already there right now. I have to go do more today when I'm done with this. Got to move out of the old house still. Got to pick up a TV, which is fun. We're getting a new TV. Got to go see a fridge guy. Um, no, man, but the King, the Kings are good and they are honestly close to me to really solidifying themselves as a team that is there. They need to create a little more separation. They're doing it. They have a two-game lead from third to fourth. I don't know if they're going to be third or fourth when the season's over, but creating that separation between themselves and, in my mind, the 7-8 is huge to yeah. me. They, they need to continue to grow in that regard. And mm-hmm. just to kind of peek where they're right now, just a little update, because I'd like to know. I don't know how far away they are from the ninth, 10th seed. Uh, right now, they have a four-and-a-half-game lead from being out of the playoff picture completely. That's a pretty good cushion in NBA terms. I think about things a lot in baseball terms. Looking at standings, as far as if you have a if you have a if you're four games back in baseball, you could close that within four days. Yeah. NBA is a little different. If you have a four and a half game lead or a cushion, that takes probably two weeks, maybe two plus mm-hmm. weeks to close that gap. Yeah. So the Kings need to keep pace. Really, is keep pace. I don't want to say play 500 basketball and just kind of plateau to the playoffs. I want more. Like I said, I want five and two on this road trip, but barring and i'm knocking on wood barring injury they are a team that should be there in my mind in the top six top seven so i'm feeling good i'm feeling confident until i have a reason to really feel bad which mm-hmm. i know they, they opened up the year the four game losing streak they had a three game skid uh a little while ago those are really the only big blemishes the kings have been mm-hmm. very good at winning two losing one winning three losing two they keep taking steps forward and they haven't ever gotten to a point where they've been uh, you know, treading water for too long. They are seven and three over the past 10. Uh, they have the best offense in the NBA. Their point differential is third in the West as well. They're in a very good spot. So don't let one bad game deter you. Can I ask you one possibly dumb question? Sure. Would you rather be the six seed and lock up a playoff, a playoff berth, mm-hmm. or be the seven seed, put yourself in the play in, but you get a home game, guaranteed home game with that seven seed. Uh, and if you lose that, you get a second home game in the play-in and then potential playoffs. I think it just depends. in terms of like, you know, fun and, you know, sure. you get a guaranteed. I think it, dep- it depends on who the one and two are. Like if they were going to be the seven right now and they won that game, they get Memphis. I don't want Memphis in a seven game series or Denver. Uh, I would. I <laughs> I'm not that afraid. I don't know. I think like the Kings match up better with Denver than they do against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies really 100%. fully healthy. have just completely dismantled the Kings. The Kings yes. won by 33 their night. Got to hand it to them. I mean, the Grizzlies are still a tough team without their best players, but I don't know. I don't know what happens if John I don't, Adams play. I'm not trying to make headlines here, but I don't think the Kings are mentally tough enough to uh, go against the Grizzlies. No, they need to be, they need to be tougher. That's also like another, I guess, conversation to keep an eye on is they need to be tougher. They need to, they don't really have, I mean, they have Malik had gotten to a scuffle with Garrison Matthews at one time. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen some, Sabonis got mad at a ref last year. Like that's the only person right. he like actually, he kind of bumped him. Right. I want to see more bite from this team. I want to see more fight. Not like I'll put Alex Len out there, bro. But there you go. Put Alex <laughs> on out there. Alex like the enforcer. Was it like in hockey, like a goon? A guy you just throw out there to go yeah. fight somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I want – to answer your question, it depends. I If it was Denver in the two seed, I'd probably be like, yeah, I think Denver Kings would be a fun series. I don't know if the Kings would win it. I'm not saying they'd win, but I could see it going 5-6. Mm-hmm. You know, Memphis, I don't know if it goes 5. I don't yeah. know. With everyone healthy, Stephen Adams, Desmond Bain, John Morant, I just I don't know. I don't think the Kings are that caliber of a team. They're good unless the Kings make a you never know. The Kings maybe might make a move where we're like, whoa, they're way different now. Maybe they go pick up Plumlee as a backup five and an impact defender uh at the four three four spot at the bench. You never know. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe yep. they make the, maybe they make a whoa move because that's what Monty's been doing. Monty's made moves where the Sabonis trade was out of nowhere. Fox was yeah. supposed to be traded a year mm-hmm. ago. I mean, we'll kind of reflect on that maybe next week, but Fox yeah. was the name that was like he's gone. Kings are going to be moving somebody, and it's not Halliburton. So you never know what could happen. But uh, I think hosting a playoff game or a playing game would for sure be fun. And in my mind, they're going to get games at home in the postseason. It's just where is it going to be? I'm 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 I refuse to think otherwise right now, which is a crazy thought process. I know, but I refuse to like sit here and, and worry and think it's going to fall apart when they start yeah. losing games. I'll I'll deal with it then. Yes. That's my advice to myself. That is great. I I I co-sign that 100%. Let's not start freaking out until they give us something to freak out about. We're scarred. I mean, I think fans are scarred, don't you? Like the things have been going wrong for so long. It feels weird right. to be like it's just the number thinking... 3 seed in the West right now and yeah. the fact people think that we can still fall out. The fact that I just said like can we fall out to 7? right now from the three seed, I think is, uh, is telling. And, you know, I think that there is a healthy amount of awareness that you can have that that is a possibility, but for it, you know, that's at this point, that's probably in under 15% of a probability, right? Something yeah. like that. No, I mean, again, off the bass, this is one, one, uh, algorithm, whatever you want to call it, playoff probabilities right now on basketballreference.com, the Kings are predict projected to finish third in the West uh, 47 wins. They have a 97.3% chance of making the playoffs. It was 75% chance of winning the division. I think they still have a four game lead in the division. If I'm not mistaken, uh, which it's is three, it's two and a half, two and a half. So that's falling so that the Clippers and Suns are coming. So uh, warriors too. I don't think it's realistic that that 75% number is accurate, but mm-hmm. the Kings do have the advantage if they don't play the warriors again. They do play Phoenix and the Clippers, I think, three more times apiece. So that mm-hmm. is one to keep an eye on. But enjoy it. Enjoy the, the highs. The lows are the lows. But until the Kings are really in a position where I'm talking we've lost four or five. Yeah. That's when I'll be like, oh, maybe they are in trouble. But mm-hmm. until then, they have answered every time they've lost the game. They have responded. Right. Right. We're going to see on Saturday if they can do it again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling good about things, and uh, you know, like you said, we'll just we we got uh, a kind of easier road trip uh, than it than it could have been. So uh, yeah, if the Kings start losing games here, then uh, then maybe we can be concerned. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Yep. Uh, th- well, we kind of already have multiple yeah. times. Uh, yeah. for Frankie Cardicelli. <laughs> My wait, I need to start playing the music. I can't can't end without playing the music. Uh, Tune into Kings Weekly on Saturday. Yes, you. thank you all so much for joining us uh, today. Um, you can check. Whoa! Until noon, uh, you can also check us out on Deuce and Mo on Friday, and I believe every Friday moving forward from one o'clock to two o'clock. That should uh, hopefully be the funnest time of the week. Looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Kings don't play until Saturday. Again, that will be in Minnesota. And then again on Monday, again against the Minnesota Timberwolves. For Frankie Cardicelli, my name is Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening.